change. Bad Bunny just dropped off! Damien Priest got his sights set on Bad Bunny. Don't do this, Priest! I'm going to Puerto Rico to kick your ass. One of the biggest recording artists in the world. Bad Bunny! Damien Priest in a street fight? Welcome everybody, I'm your host, Brian, the Hype Ballard, and we're back at it again with WWE Backlash 2023, the results and thoughts here on Tap Out Talk. So, couple things to keep in mind, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, is a breakup happening? Is that actually going to go down? We're going to talk about that tonight on the program, and is the bloodline breakup just a distraction? Also... Did we have the best women's match of the year in Bianca Belair versus Io? Or did that happen with Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania? You guys decide. But without further ado, we're going to go in. And I would say WWE, I went into this event with you know low expectations because it's not WrestleMania. It's not Royal Rumble. It's not one of the big five. But you know what? I forgot about a factor tonight. And that factor simply is that they are in Puerto Rico, in San Juan, and they are not in the United States of America. And the WWE is going to bring their A game and try to play to the international crowd. And I did not take that into consideration in my initial thoughts. But I'm glad I didn't because I lowered my expectations and I was pleasantly surprised with black Backlash. And I was loving a lot of what they did. We got seven matches tonight, and we got seven storylines with each match. We're going to talk about that here next. So, like I always say, let's get in. So first up is going to be the Raw Women's Championship match. We got quite a conundrum here, because we got Raw Women's match. We got people being drafted to SmackDown. We got titles that don't match brands. But you know what? This is part of the plan, right? We have to trust and believe that WWE has got a plan. At least we hope. So, here's what we got in this match with EO Sky. We've got Bianca Belair, the current champion, about to hit her 400-day reign. But we got really good storytelling in this one with EO Sky and Bailey, And we're talking to that. Also, Bianca Belair, does she retain again? All right, so starting out, these two get in the ring. They're opening the crowd, and I want to say, starting out, the Puerto Rico crowd was amazing in San Juan tonight. They brought the fire. They brought the electricity, and they did not take a break all night, and I applaud you, Puerto Rico. You guys brought it. So ultimately, um, it was also fun to hear the chants in the crowd, right? Um, instead of counting one, two, three, we got a uno, dos, right? And that was, uh, it took me a minute to get used to that. But, um, you know, that's one thing I like about these international events with WWE. Uh, one of my Twitter followers tonight, you know, said that Puerto Rico for WrestleMania. And I was like, you know what? I would be up for that. I've been to San Juan. I spent some time in there. And, you know, it's a lovely country and island. So, ultimately, let's get into the matchup here. We got a circling 
the ladies, and then they're collar and elbow, and they're getting into the ropes. Sky turns um, around, and then she's struggling back across the ring. Belair is with a wrist lock. There's a reverse scoop lift, and Eo floats out. Headlock takeover from the champion. Handspring knocking Sky down with a shove off the ropes. A handspring over the ropes, and Eo does a handspring of her own before taking the champion down. There's a backflip up and over to set up a drop kick. Bianca is so fired up at this point. Scoop and slam to the apron. Eo snaps her arm over the top rope and then goes to the top, uh, but pulls Belair in by the, her braids and applies the Japanese stranglehold, hanging in the ropes until the referee warns her to get off. She hits a double stop with Bianca's elbow. She's really working the arm at this point, working a limb, right? Just that's what any good heel would do. But believe it or not, tonight, Io was not the heel in that audience, man. The crowd was cheering and hot for Io Sky. She, you would have thought, were in the middle of a Japanese arena and not a Puerto Rico arena. They definitely love Io Sky. And we know she's a good wrestler. I've watched her work in the May Young Classic tournaments, and I've watched her work in NXT for a very long time. And to me, Io, you'll always be Io Shirai, the princess in the sky. So ultimately, when we look at her work and her fandom tonight, I was buying into the idea of Io as champion. So back to the action. We got Bianca who manages to counter her way to a backbreaker, but her arm is screaming in agony as she can't capitalize on it. Lariats, and then there's drop kicks, and then there was um, you know, a vertical suplex that connects with a kip up and an out of the corner. A one arm military press into the slam. So that was an impressive feat of strength by Bianca Belair. She got Io up in the air and then selling the idea that her hand was hurt was holding Io above her head with one arm. That takes a lot of strength. I don't care who you are. That was impressive and pretty badass. So ultimately, um, we get the handspring moonsault. Nope, Io then. Um, seemingly goes for a lucha drag, but she jumps to the floor and snaps Belair and her arm over the ropes. The drop kick sends the champion out of the ring, and then they fight out for a little bit, but then back inside there's a 450 splash, and the knees are up, and Io puts her in a cross face. She underhooks her, reverses her with a chicken wing, it's denied, and there's a roll away and a double stop, a backbreaker rack. Sky counters into an arm drag, and then it sends Bianca right back out to the floor again. Handspring and is countered with a knee. Io heads up top. She hits the moonsault back into the shoulder block, back inside, and then gets her back in the ring. And shoulder blocks, and she's jockeying for position. We're going to keep the Kentucky Derby theme here. Jockeying for position. And the turnbuckles. Uh, Belair knocks her to the floor. She climbs right back up um, with a shate. And then an avalanche Frankensteiner is blocked. She tries it again. Bianca... Uh, pulls her up, the avalanche Liger bomb, and she just can't keep Io down. Damage control finally comes out towards the end to help their friend Io Sky, aka Io Shirai. So Bianca gets Io up for the KOD, the kiss of death, and knocks Bailey off the apron with her, but she reverses it, folding press, and it was so close of a one and a two, or a uno and a dose, I should say. Bianca is distracted by Bailey, and at this point, Dakota Kai gets a cheap shot in and a nice kick to the head on Bianca. 
EO goes up to the top and nobody is home and there's a moonsault and Bianca gets her up and then Bianca hits the kiss of death for a Bianca Belair win with an Uno, Dos, and Trace. And I gotta say, there was a minute in this matchup where we had some dissension with damage control out there genuinely trying to help EO. However, you were buying in the fact that EO could be champion and the fact that EO could be the winner of this matchup. However, Bailey seemingly cost, and there was good. Here's what you got here. The story here is the dissension of damage control with Bailey not quite helping EO to her fullest. The end of the match, she had Bianca Belair down on the mat. Bailey was holding her hair from the outside, and the ref wouldn't see as she was back behind the ring. And she was holding her hair down so she couldn't get while Io was trying to hit her moonsault or her move from up top on the top ropes. But as Bailey's seen her getting ready to jump, she let go of the hair, which allowed Bianca Belair to get up. And you gotta help but wonder if that's gonna come out to play that Bailey wanted to hold Io down. So, very interesting storytelling. I was actually kind of into the idea of Bianca Belair possibly losing this title tonight. However, Io had a great performance and she looked like she could be a future champion. But the real story here is going to be what she does with Bailey and damage control in the upcoming weeks. And I'm definitely going to be interested to see. To me, this was the best way to open a backlash pay-per-view with a very hot crowd. Let's move on to the next match. And move on we shall to the Seth Franklin Rollins, right? Frickin' Rollins versus Amos. So, uh, before that, we get some backstage interaction real quick with Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny. They have some talks. And then Savio Vega, hey, we're in Puerto Rico, right? He joins and he presents Bad Bunny with a kendo stick painted with the Puerto Rican flag. So, you know, we're gearing up for this Bad Bunny, you know, uh, excited main event match. It's not going to be the final main event, though. So, we get Amos entering the ring, looking like the beast and Johnny is. And then we get Seth Rollins in the ring with everybody singing his song as he gets the crowd just singing and singing and almost had enough of it and he knocks Rollins down before the bell and Rollins gets you know eventually back up but it was a way to shut up the crowd and shut up the Rollins it was a great heel move by almost by the way MVP's in the corner of this one as well so the bell rings and Rollins runs into a right hand he's fighting back to his feet and the Nigerian giant whips him hard into the turnbuckles almost palms Seth Rollins face and throws him over the ropes and to the floor and then backing off the ropes he goes for a suicide dive but almost catches him and slams him onto the apron very brutally um, you get the impression that they are continuing what they did at Wrestlemania against Brock Lesnar by allowing almost to look dominant in a second match but will he win almost presses him over the top rope and back into the ring hustling Rollins into one shoulder there's a snake eyes a big boot back up on his shoulder but Seth reverses it to a sleeper hold there's a giant uh, the giant slings him off and then there's a boot up in the corner there's a slingshot knee and staggers almost very heavily there's leg kicks cutting the Nigerian giant down the sides. He ducks the lariat. He's off the ropes. He's a drop kick. And this is like a very um, high intense moving match for Amos that we're not used to seeing with the big man. But he is going against a guy who's a very great wrestler that can make anybody look really amazing. So we get some uh, basement super kick staggers. There's an underhook, but then the pedigree is reversed to a back body drop by the big giant. 
Rollins smashes Amos' face into the turnbuckle. There's a tornado DDT out of the corner up top. However, Amos doesn't really, you know, sell those moves that well. There's a frog splash. He can't finish the job. So then Seth punches and he breaks in. And in the turnbuckles, there's a diving elbow at the back of the neck, a black out blocked and then almost looks up at him with his foot still on his neck and rises before hitting a choke slam there's a uno and a dos and it's so close there's a choke bomb denied off the ropes rollins grabs the sleeper hold again almost breaks it ramming him into the corner but seth jumps right back at him and the giant is foaming at the mouth as he buckles down to one knee he fires up he hits his feet back under him uh, there's a side slam that breaks the hole. There's the blackout that connects, and Amos kicks out of it once again. Seth goes over the top, and there's a blackout off the top, and boom, it's over. The blackout, aka the curb stomp. And Seth Rollins wins with the Uno, Dos, and the Trace for the pinfall and with the Avalanche blackout. Post-match, we do get some a little bit of action of Rollins. He takes a moment and lets the San Juan crowd just really sing his theme song as we then go to a commercial. So, I will say, uh, this was a good little match for Amos. Even though now, here's what I got. Amos has lost two matches in a row at major pay-per-views against Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. And that's perfectly fine. He is being built as the giant, but his next feud, he's going to have to win. And I want to wonder, where do you guys think that should go? I've got one name for you that I think might work because this guy is going to have to be a former champion in order for almost to get some credibility as the Nigerian Giant. So that guy, I suggest, is a possible Drew McIntyre feud. Seeing how is he may be on his way out of the WWE anyway, so that might be a way to get almost to be put over a little bit. But regardless, he's looked strong against these two main event talents of the WWE. Um, I would also like to see him get some dominant plays over the likes of Braun Strowman to kind of take that giant moniker officially. But let's move on. Enough of this almost. We're almost ready for the next match. And that's going to be the United States champion with a very young beast, the A-Town down himself, Austin Theory, your champion. Now, Austin Theory is coming off a very hot win. They want you to know off of John Cena at WrestleMania in the opening match. We also have Bobby Lashley, who's, you know, always a main event status star. And then we got the very, you know, exciting up-and-coming Bronson Reed, the beast himself, all for this championship. So this was a quick little match. It didn't overstay its welcome, as I like to say. And it was about seven minutes or so, and they got the job done very quickly. Um, this is just about Austin Theory maintaining his role and his climb to the top. One of the best things they did last year was let him win Money in the Bank, but then, you know, they just kind of let it fade away because he was not ready for the main event, and they're now building him correctly with the U.S. title. So, they're basically out the gates. Lashley's going at it. We take Reed and Theory all out at once. Austin um, and Bob and him, they get into it again. Lashley is delayed uh, vertical. Reed, Bronson Reed gets back in and he in theory, temporarily uh, work together to take the almighty Bobby Lashley down. Bronson puts Austin in the dirt basically, you know, really quickly. And then uh, Bobby Lashley's stalking around the ring waiting for Theory, but he hits him with a spear. But nope, he's got Austin Theory in the hurt lock in the champion phase, but doesn't break. And he kicks himself to the ropes to counter and break the hold. 
Watson reads off the top rope with a 747 splash. That big man can move. Austin breaks it up. Theory then, with a blockbuster on Bronson, there's a fireman's carry, but Reed slips out and he hits a snap, a scoop, power slam on him. Bronson goes for a moonsault. Nobody comes home. Lashley spears him. Theory throws um, Lashley out of the ring, and Austin Theory wins by pinfall with a lateral press on Bronson Reed to retain the United States Championship. So I'm going to say that's the right move. Bobby Lashley can't take a pinfall here. You've was supposed to have a program which ended very oddly with Bray Wyatt, if you guys can remember. It never really happened at Mania. And then they threw him to Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So what do you do? You can't let Bobby take the pin in this matchup. So the young and up-and-coming beast, Bronson Reed, definitely can do it in a triple threat and not look terrible because right now it is A-Town downtime and Austin Theory moves on in another title defense past WrestleMania. We're going to go next to our next SmackDown Women's Championship match with Rhea Ripley coming off a very hot WrestleMania against Charlotte Flair where she won the title in her rise to the championship against a hometown country favorite, Zelina Vega. And so they start out, you know, coming out and basically they circle really quick. Uh, Vega is keeping her distance. She's ducking. She's trying to get away from the power Ripley. And then she basically gets her and lays a shoulder. And she goes to the floor, gets a sandal, actually, from her mom at ringside and throws it at Rhea. And we're told by the announcers that this is a Puerto Rican, um, you know, basically, like, custom there. And it was something that you had a lot of meaning. Um, I didn't quite catch what all that was said that was about the shoot, but I knew it meant something to the country. So we head up to the top. We get a diving Frankensteiner caught and reversed into a powerbomb, but nope, nothing there. And then Ripley gets the gory special. She's wrenching her neck. Zelina gets out. She rallies with a couple lariats, and Rhea clocks her with a headbutt. There's a Cobra twist reversed into a DDT, and Vega has her chance. But Ripley is in the ropes, and she basically calls for it, and then she hits the tiger faint kick. Zelina's up top. Um, and at this point, we get a Miria, uh, Meteor, Meteoria, and then Rhea Ripley kicks out from the apron with the pump handle slam, the one, the two, and the three. Rhea Ripley wins by pinfall with the Riptide, retaining the WWE Women's Championship match. So, nice, quick, short match, and a win for Rhea Ripley. That's the story here. Rhea's coming off an amazing match with Charlotte Flair. She needed a quick match that meant something to help stack up these defenses as a champion. And this did the job. Now, kudos to Zelina Vega. This match meant a lot to her. It was the perfect setting for her to have a championship opportunity representing the LWO in Puerto Rico. Um, Post-match, we get Selena Vega, and she just takes a moment to soak in the people of Puerto Rico. And you can tell, even at the beginning of the match, she got very teary-eyed. And you can tell that this match and this moment meant so much to her. So she really soaked it at the end, but she was actually teary-eyed even in the beginning. So you could feel the heart of the performer there. And Selena, being from Queens, New York, all the way with her heritage back in Puerto Rico, I believe. So what we got is... Um, you know, Rhea Ripley moving on, looking dominant as a champion. And then we got a nice little um, situation with Zelina to where it told a mini story and we can move right on. And Rhea remains dominant. Up next, we've got 
the what I thought and many thought should have been the main event of Puerto Rico, which is the very own Nada Bad Bunny taking on Damian Priest. And these two have history. They have history from WrestleMania when Damian Priest betrayed and helped uh, betray Bad Bunny. All with that whole Judgment Day storyline. So, Damian Priest, um, they want you to know that his gear was the same gear he wore when he teamed up with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. So, Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest, and this was dubbed as a San Juan street fight. And we knew it was going to be something. We knew it was going to be special. And I will say, the WWE does a good job lately bringing in these celebrities that take it very seriously. I'm now, I, I was... I was very harsh on Bad Bunny. I, you know, definitely was not looking forward when he first came in. And he proved me wrong at Mania. And I tell you what, he's going to do it again tonight. And I can tell he does care about, you know, what he gives to the WWE Universe. Along with Logan Paul. They do a good job with him, too. So, in this matchup, we get a nice little standoff in the ring. And the crowd's just really energetic. And they're just hanging out. And then Priest shoves him down. But Bad Bunny pops right back up and gets in his face. Damien then rams him into the corner harder and he slaps him. Uh, and then he basically, uh, Bad Bunny then hauls off and slaps him full force in the face. There's a scoop and a slam and a cover and a, only a one count. Bunny goes to the floor and he gets the kendo stick out of a shopping cart that was there at near ringside. And full of plunder and slides. He's waiting for Priest. He's rammed into the corner. There's a single blow crumbles, and Damien breaks the kendo stick right over his knee. There's a scoop and a slam, followed by a wrist lock and a retching, um, basically, Bad Bunny all around the place. So, this matchup was going all over in and out of the ring, and just all over kind of like, not the arena, but just around the rampway and around the ringside, and there's just a lot going on here. So we're going to fast forward a little bit through all this chaotic match. A lot of stuff going on, as I mentioned. So we're going to move ahead, and we get um, Bad Bunny with a Falcon Arrow for a two count in the ring. And then Priest goes to the floor, checking his nose for blood. But Bad Bunny makes the punishment, um, and he makes him bleed a little more. So Damien waves him off and then decides basically to leave. But Bunny char Bad Bunny charges him um, after with the trash can only to get booted in his face. Um, basically, then Bad Bunny, uh, he hits him with the trash can. He's throwing him in and over the barricade and into the timekeeper's area, fighting off some of the on some of the equipment. There's a broken arrow off the um, road cases, and then through a table, uh, the road agents and referees swarm. Damian Priest won't let Adam Pierce or a little Shane Helms that was in there end it, and he carries Bunny back to ringside. Damien hits the reverse roundhouse, but Bunny ducks, and he kicks the post. Uh, he's getting a kendo stick from under the ring. He wallops Priest with a knee and a few times before he gets decked and dropping it to the mat. And then Bad Bunny pulls himself up in the corner, and he charges in, and he grabs a boot, and there's a shoulder knee breaker. So, these guys are still going back and forth at this point. And they're just going all crazy. And we're, as I like to say, we're getting all crazy. So, at this point, uh, let's fast forward a little bit more. Okay? And we get some uppercuts. And then, you know, we get some hits to, you know, the groin. And then at that point, that brings Dominic Mysterio and Finn Balor down to even the odds out. And then there's boots uh, being put to Bunny all in the ring. Because there's no disqualification in this one. Rey Mysterio is here, but he gets overwhelmed by Judgment Day. And then, oh, we get a surprise. 
Caribbean, cool, Carlito himself, here from the Latino World Order, wearing a LWO shirt. So Carlito is now joining the fray, um, and that's very cool. So uh, there's a house fire with punches, and he sets Ray up for a, you know, a, a Tierra's, and then uh, basically before hitting the backstabber, Carlito then pulls out the infamous apple. He bites it, and Dominic attacks him from behind. And then there's a whip across, a 619 connects, and Carlito spits the apple um, in Mis Dominic Mysterio, the younger, uh, his younger's face. And then Finn and Dom run up the ramp and run away. But just as they're trying to escape, we get another Puerto Rican sensation, Savio Vega. He cuts them off. We're not wanting to get too close to him. And he's got the rest at this point, not alone, the rest of the Latino world order, the LWO, that comes out to the ring with him. Back inside, Bad Bunny puts on the figure four leg lock on Priest in the middle of the ring. And they're bridging for basically more to get more pressure on it. He then gets a near fall off of it. And there's a South of Heaven reversed into a victory roll, pinned for a one and a two. He puts Priest <coughs> face first into a chair. And then... But no, Damien kicks out of the pen attempt there. Bad Bunny's unloading with chair shots over and over and over again. And just devastating Damien Priest. There's a front kick, a Bad Bunny flip pile driver. Uno, dos, trace, it's over. Bad Bunny wins by pinfall with the flip pile driver. Post-match, we get a nice moment with the LWO holding up bad bunny and the native country and you guys can see we got the lwo and mysterio we got carlito and we've got savio vega so i tell you what the wwe did a really great job of using their legends in this matchup and so i definitely want to applaud that and i tweeted that out tonight really nice job in a blended use of legends wow promoting the younger lwo talent but the bonus point is also using a celebrity to get status and eyes on the product in this match. And I'll be honest with you guys, this could have very well been the main event with all these nice fun surprises in there. And the crowd was so hot, they would have loved the work that, you know, they would have done in the main event. So at this point though, man, we're not done. And we're not done here on Tap Out Talk either. We're still going strong. Um, I just want to say, you know, to like, share, subscribe. It really helps me out a lot. And, you know, on Twitter, you guys want to follow me over there. You know, I follow everybody back. And, um, you know, we're up to like over 15, 16,000 people now. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Hey, Backlash is going to be fun with our tag team partners over there at thefansofprowrestling.com with the Wrestling Fans Insight Podcast. I know my guys and gals over there are going to have a lot to talk about Backlash 2023 tomorrow. But without further ado, let's get in and get back into the Backlash action. We got two more matches. We got the six-man tag match. This has been brooding for a while. We have a Sammy problem, a KO problem, and now a riddle to solve, as the promos said. And we got the Usos, and they got problems of their own with their little brother. So we get you know, a lot going on here. And, you know, in this matchup, I can't help but feel like Solo Sokoa is channeling in throughout his journey of WWE. He's channeling his inner Umaga, right? Like, he's got the Samoan spike. He's got, like, the tire that's starting to come to fruition. And all he needs is almost the grill in the mouth and, you know, some different style. But, no, he's really coming along nicely. And the Usos, 
are the Usos. They're one of the greatest tag teams, right? So, at this matchup, it's a six-man tag. We've seen something similar to this on the Monday Night Rolls building up, but never a bad matchup with any of these guys. So, we get into the ring, and we go back and forth with a little taunts, and then we get some lariats, and then uh, basically the Usos uh, roll the corner, and Jimmy tags in at this point. So, Owens tags in. So, we got Jimmy and Owens. There's front kicks, punches. Uh, there's some team-ups in the corner. They're trading punches. This is a standard tag team action with a lot of back and forth between all these guys. Um, eventually, as they go further, Riddle gets the hot tag, fighting both Usos off at once. There's a ripcord knee for Jay, charging forearms for both of them out. And then also... Um, he gets some cuts, um, basically down on him, and then there's a super kick, but nope. And then both men, Kevin Owens tags in, there's a senton atomico, and he's one, uno, and a dose, and it's so close. Super kick off the top ropes, there's a blind tag to Jay, and KO ducks Jimmy into his own brother with a super kick. But, more super kicks off the rope, there's a pop-up powerbomb, but it's just not enough. Another Sentanus Tomiko, the knees are up, the stunner is blocked, the trading super kicks, the big lariat from KO, Sammy then tags in, there's a blue thunder driver for the two, and he heads up for the top, there's an Insiguri that cuts him off, and the Usos with a tag, both of them are in the corner, and again, they're jockeying for position, and Sammy knocks him down, and he gets cut basically right out of midair on the way down and there's a stereo of super kicks but still no nothing nada fast forward a little bit more fighting right and there's um jay basically yelling and throwing up the ones and he's calling uh for sokoa to tag um, in on him there's some arguing in the corner the usos tag back in sammy then hits a haluva kick on solo there's an exploder suplex and solo sokoa breaks up the pinfall riddle hits a knee and the match breaks down again and everybody's just doing some crazy stuff all over the place right it's a slobber knocker as the great jr used to say so eventually all of that kind of dies down with a super kick that sends sammy into riddle and then there's a strike back and forth and a super kick and he gets a knee solo with a blind tag on the zuso brother and then Matt Riddle hits the fall forward tombstone pile driver, but Sokoa comes in again, channeling his inner Umaga, and he hits the spike. The bloodline gets the win and the pin, and then they get to move. And then actually post-match, we get storyline. We get a very annoyed-looking solo Sokoa, like he wanted to just go at his older brothers, the Usos. But they awkwardly stand together in victory, and you just can't help but wonder, is this going to be it for Solo in the bloodline, or the Usos in the bloodline? I will say, this honestly could be a distraction. I want to talk about that more in the final thoughts. But let's move on to the main event of the evening, the final match. We got the infamous Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. So... I gotta ask you guys this. This Cody Rhodes feels like it's a little under construction and we got a detour, right? Everybody felt that it should have ended at WrestleMania. Why wouldn't it in front of 80,000 people? But Cody lost to Roman. And now he's on a completely drafted different brand of Raw while Roman and his titles are on SmackDown. So we have a new title created with the World Championship that's gonna be crowned at Night of Champions. And Cody randomly gets tag teamed and betrayed by Brock Lesnar setting up this matchup tonight and I understand the climbing of the mountain for Cody 
in the Roads to the Top concept. However, I do have to wonder, um, Cody can has to beat Roman for those titles in order to look strong. I don't know if I want Cody to win that world championship that they just created because I feel like it needs to go that credible champion. I've mentioned that before in the draft videos before that I did last week. But let's get into this. So Rhodes jumps on Lesnar before the bell and he beats him down. And then um, basically they get um, with the announce desk cover. So then at that point, they're smashing Brock with the steel steps three times. And Cody goes under the ring for a steel chair and he wallops on Lesnar again. And then at that point, there's a few times going just at it. Back inside, the referee takes the chair and calls for the bell. And oh gosh, we're just now starting the match, you guys. Rhodes is in the corner with forearms. Brock picks him up, stampedes him into the corner. He drops down. There's a drop down slap and Cody follows it with a beautiful disaster. Keeping his head in steam and going with another springboard kick. A third um, gets him caught. Brock then hits the German suplex, and it's getting ready to be suplex city time at this point. There's red faced, he's panting already. There's a, basically just spit coming out of his mouth, but Lesnar's just a mad as a bull in a china shop. And Lesnar gets himself back together as Cody rolls out on the floor, trying to avoid disaster, and then hanging Brock's neck over the ropes. Probing strikes and Rhodes goes to the top, diving crossbody caught into a fallaway slam. And then we know it can't last that long, right? Lesnar matches are usually shorter. Stalking after Cody, another German suplex. And here we go, suplex city mode. And the beast is smiling as he knows what he's doing. And he goes for a third German suplex. And he gets a little crazy and he gets a little loose on that one. Kicking the American Nightmare's ribs, aggravating the injured inflicted in his post-WrestleMania beatdown according to story before hitting a fourth German suplex. More kicks to his ribs. We're really working a body part here as a villain should. Cody struggling and Brock basically hoists him up over with a pair of snap suplexes and then Rhodes pulls the turnbuckle pad off as he eats the German suplex number five and Lesnar turns and sees the exposed ring, uh, turnbuckle in the ring and he hits a bear hug applied and you know what he ends up throwing getting ready to throw him into it but Cody throws some elbows and Brock throws him belly to belly suplex and then the shoulder thrust into the corner and Cody ducks one and Lesnar goes into the turnbuckle at this point we get an ace crusher that just connects there's a beautiful connection with that and then uh, there's a punching and then Brock's face is starting to get bloodied after that from hitting that corner there's kicking and he's smearing blood down his belly and all those chest there's a springboard and then boom the cody cutter connects and he's stalking the beast incarnate brock lesnar there's an inverted headlock and a crossroads and again and brock gets under him and there's an fi you can't keep cody Rhodes down he's such a fighter on their knees cody with punches and lesnar goes for the kimura lock for like one last scare like a scary movie villain but Rhodes hangs in there and he manages to roll him into a pinfall and Cody gets the one the two the three reversing the Kamora lock in kind of a combination of a pin and Cody leaves in victory while Brock Lesnar is cleaning himself up as Cody survives the beast all right so not a terrible match you guys this one um it kind of had your typical Brock Lesnar 
matches a moment. But again, I like Brock Lesnar. I like, you know, his work. You kind of know what you got with him. He's kind of that old school that has those certain moves. Um, I feel like this did help Cody's case because of who all Brock Lesnar has beaten in his career. So it does help Cody a little bit. Now, are we just going to see a long growth for Cody in his career with this Cody conundrum and this detour, as I call it? Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But ultimately, that was your final match and story in the Roads to the Top is for WWE Backlash. I want to get into some final thoughts with you guys now. So, here was what we got. Puerto Rico was the perfect crowd for WWE Backlash. The San Juan was hot for some WWE action. The WWE met that also with some really good story and just fun matches tonight. And I went into it with really low expectations and I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. So I definitely have to say maybe that was part of that strategy and I should implement more. Um, I will want to point out EO Sky versus Bailey. That's going to be a nice future way to break up damage control instead of just saying, oh yeah, they're broken up, right? We're going to have a little bit of a feud and a fight out of it. And that's just going to make the women's division stronger. Now, when it comes to Bianca Belair, and I do still have that fear, and I will die on that hill, that Bianca Belair could eventually be getting stale as champion, as I call it, the John Cena effect. Um, so I want to make sure that Right now, the WWE has enough going around her with the other wrestlers to create stories that where she's just kind of surviving. And I know the WWE wants to update their records and they want her to be with the title over 400 days. But I am fearful for Bianca's career that she could get stale if she holds on to that title too long. And I feel like she would almost need to eventually lose this title to maybe an up-and-comer like Io Shirai, who could probably do very well with it. I think the perfect situation was Asuka at WrestleMania. However, um, Bianca is definitely, you know, is going to be a talent for years to come. But I just don't want her to get that kind of a treatment. I want her to really thrive in her career. And the title almost, I think, needs to come off of her pretty soon. Um, what was the best women's match of the year? I want to ask you guys that. Was it Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania? Or was it Bianca Belair and Io Sky at Backlash tonight? Because, you know, the crowd did maybe make an influence on that. So, also, perfect way to use legends and perfect way to use celebrities at Backlash. Bad Bunny definitely showing that he belongs. And in a Puerto Rican setting where he's hosting, I really like how WWE used him. But also bringing back Carlito and bringing back um, Savio Vega for an appropriate use of a legend contract. And it was a nice, you know, chef's kiss touch for, you know, the little extra spice in the seasoning. Also, Sola Sokoa and the Bloodline Breakup. My question is, is this kind of just one big distraction? It can't be that simple, right guys? It can't be that simple. It might be, but I think that this could eventually lead to Sammy and Kevin Owens breaking up eventually because you know they always end up betraying each other. That's just how this crazy friendship works. Well, guys, those are all my final thoughts on WWE Backlash 2023. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys, and I look forward to seeing kind of like what you guys think about the show and did it deliver. And it was nice that WWE finally dropped the WrestleMania Backlash name. But that's everything I got for you. And without further ado... Again, like, share, subscribe. Thanks for watching. And remember, around here, it's never goodbye. It's just game over.